0: Welcome to Bravo Happy Hour. I'm your host, Megan O'Donnell. Grab yourself a drink and join me every Tuesday and Friday to talk all about Bravo TV. On Tuesdays, I report on all the latest news stories happening in the off-screen lives of our favorite Bravo celebrities. And Friday bonus episodes range from one season wonder recaps, Bravo celebrity product reviews, book club discussions, very random deep dives, and so much more. Sit back, grab your drink, and enjoy the show. Welcome to Bravo Happy Hour. I'm your host, Megan O'Donnell, and this is part Three of my High Society Deep Dive, which is Tinsley Mortimer's show on the CW that came out in 2010, I think. I'm here with Bravo Happy Hours international correspondent Jasper. Welcome back to the show. Hello again. So, High Society, just the greatest show. I've had so many people in my DMs being like, I had no idea this show existed. Thank you so much. I'm like, you are so welcome. <laughs> yeah it's it's a great show and I didn't watch it when it was out originally I think I watched it like I don't know like four or five years ago but it was one of those things that like I watched just like for no reason and didn't really retain it but this is the first time I'm kind of watching it with with a keen eye
1: (laughs) (laughs) no I've seen it I think I saw it back then and then Obviously, through the years, I watched it now and then again, when, when there was a dry spell of um, reality TV.
0: It's kind of one of those that you kind of always can go back to. Like for me, I feel that way about Real Housewives of New Jersey season one. If I'm ever having like a really bad day, I'm like, just throw that on. I know I'll be happy. It's, it's an old, uh, a trusty old television show. So we start this recap on episode four, which is called page six. It starts off with Tinsley getting ready to go to the opera. She's getting her signature curls, which have been a topic of conversation in the Real Houses of New York. Because when she started Roni, she was like trying to get a new vibe, a new way of dressing. And she's trying to like get her groove back. And she was like, I'm getting rid of my signature Tinsley curls which then you kind of see on this show it's like she does kind of constantly rock that signature curl look I think like Tinsley's biggest moment on Roni is when she was like at the Big Apple Circus crying in that like little circus girl <laughs> um, outfit yeah in the clown makeup <laughs> oh, I'm so unhappy
1: her, her comeback to society <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah not the Garrow Sparrow fashion show so she's getting ready for the opera at this point she's kind of talking about how she hasn't heard from Casimir since Dale's freak out at the event and I think safe to say the two of them are over I think if your mother acts like that the man you're dating most likely will not be calling you back then we go over to Paul at his apartment and we were talking about his apartment in the last episode and it's on the Upper West Side and the apartment itself is all white, really boring, but full of, like, old wood furniture, which kind of gives me the feeling that this is probably, like, a family apartment that he is just squatting in because
1: yeah, definitely,
0: it just looked like an old, fancy, rich person's place, not like a young dude in his, I don't know, how old do you think he is? Like, late 20s? I, th- I thought he
1: was in, in his mid-20s, yeah, probably late 20s, but I thought something like mid-20s age i feel like tinsley was one of the oldest on the show
0: yeah i think so too okay okay so tinsley was 35 on the show probably explains why dale was like i can't believe you're leaving this man you're not gonna be able to find love again jules was 27 this is good all right give me
1: like 35 because of all the cigarettes and alcohol she abuses
0: (laughs) But besides the point, so we then go to Paul at his apartment. He's saying, like, I've been a stylist. I've worked at Vogue, details, paper. But, like, I took a back burner on my career because things have been really crazy lately. (laughs) Like, uh, that's not good when your partying is taking over your career. (laughs) Or as a career in quotations. So he ends up calling Tinsley to see if she would want him to style her for the New York City Opera event. And it's funny because you can hear, like, Tinsley pick up the phone and she's like, um yeah I, I guess like I guess you can style me <laughs> so so she I says didn't yeah know you were a stylist yeah. <laughs> text. oh 100% okay. and then we see him like eventually going to some showrooms and the lady was like oh so like uh are you pulling any other are you pulling for anybody else and he's like actually this is like my first time doing it <laughs> and then he's like she's a bitch she asked me questions <laughs> <laughs> The only thing she says she wants is a dress with a lot of color and that she's a sample size or size two. This is also one of those shows that you don't really see people eating. A lot of shows you don't see people eating, but this one, they don't even go to restaurants. They just are at bars or someone's hotel room apartment.
1: So true, but then we get this one shot, that I don't know what episode it is, outside the hotel room, all those um, <laughs> trays lined up from yeah. room service. So <laughs> yeah. they must have eaten when the camera was off.
0: Yeah, I, well, I think we were talking about that in one of our recaps where it was like, you could tell Jules calls room service 15 times a day to be yeah. like, "Um, can you bring up a bowl of blueberries? 45 minutes later. Hi, um, can you guys bring up two hard-boiled eggs? Hi, can you bring <laughs> up an iced coffee? <laughs> it's like, no, just one order, one order. <laughs> so- Okay, they get off the phone call, whatever. Then he is sitting there and he gets a text from Guest of a Guest, which is like this gossipy website um, based in New York, which doesn't, I don't think, produce any articles anymore, which I was shocked about. And he was saying he gets this text that he supposedly, supposedly vandalized Cleo's apartment building. So Cleo is Jules's friend. And he was like, I went to her apartment and saw these hideous wall sconces. And I just like started ripping them down.
1: Pull the Ramona.
0: That is a Ramona to a T. Actually, he did it first. Actually, Ramona's probably been pulling sconces off walls for the last 40 years.
1: (laughs) Yeah, but it's so true. I mean, maybe she watched High Society back then or when when they were in the Berkshire, she was on YouTube re-watching High Society and got inspired.
0: I would die for Ramona to like be on her iPad watching High Society (laughs) in the fish room or no she actually what what was it the the Moroccan room they were like everybody hates the Moroccan room nobody even remembers the Moroccan room (laughs) (laughs) so the reporter ends uh, reporter ends up calling him and reporter Carson is like so like tell us what you think like what's your statement on this and he's like "Mm mm-hmm I'm dealing with it (laughs) and and he seems like he's somewhat embarrassed by it but it also seems like he doesn't care and has like no remorse or regard for property and (laughs) I mean we'll deal with how he deals with this eventually but as much as he doesn't like that he's in the press he still thinks he's fabulous that he's in the press even though it's for another thing that is just a stain on his own reputation like he thinks like the bad press is good press but it's when it's only bad press it's just not it's not good he probably doesn't like know
1: the difference between good and bad press (laughs) because he only gets bad I mean have you ever found I mean it's hard to find anything about those people but have you ever found an article about him that was positive I don't think so
0: no I haven't and even like in the past like like, the past articles about him all pretty much stopped in ra- around 2013. Like, there hasn't really been yep. anything since then. So we will be doing a Where Are They Now episode on these people. It's so- going to be five minutes, because we can't find <laughs> I know. <laughs> I, know. <laughs> I know. It's been pretty hard trying to track people down. But I have had a couple of really amazing sleuths on the internet who listen to this show who have sent me Paul's Instagram, but I'm not going to follow him <laughs> because I made that huge mistake with Jules. Everybody heard the reality check, and now she's private because even Anna, who helps me with editing and stuff, she went onto her account and was like, "Um, she's private now. I'm like, I think we've created a monster on, from this show. The thousands of people who listened no, to that last episode.
1: She's not private anymore. I just went on it again. Maybe she just did it for a little bit. (laughs) Maybe after, or just for the weekend or whatever, because (laughs) of the the recap. But uh, yeah, I just (laughs) went on it now. Now she's not private anymore.
0: Little does she know I plan to make four more episodes of this (laughs) 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 recap. So you know what that's like. I don't know, fifty thousand more downloads. So good luck, honey. <laughs> I have to make a finsa wow. so I can follow her. But I will say, like Anna, who who helps me with everything, she she's been sending me updates. And honestly, Jules has new face, new nose, big old titties, a six-pack. Like she's doing very well physically, but I don't think mentally she's okay based <laughs> on the public-private blocking Instagram persona that she's putting out towards me right now
1: (laughs) i'm still waiting to be accepted on deborah denise trachtenberg's instagram yeah she's private and i sent. i wanted to follow her months ago and i'm still waiting
0: (laughs) yeah i don't know if deborah will accept your friend request at this point which i think it's hard like i i wish i could be accepted by them you know But I think at this point I've I've
1: You wanna be in high society.
0: Yeah, I wanna be in high society. It's true. I might be eleven years too late, but I do (laughs) think I could potentially be a great fit on this cast. So we end up moving to Devorah, who's also going to the Opera Gala, and she's at Maggie Norris's studio. Love Maggie Norris, who is a bootleg Diane Keaton, wearing like the like the <laughs> little vest and like the big puffy sleeves. And again, I love people talking about designers as if she's going to, you know, Gianni Versace's atelier. Like it's going to Maggie Norris's studio. Everybody knows her.
1: And I was like, who? <laughs> I need to Google her. I was like, yeah, maybe she, yeah, a local designer. Haven't
0: she's heard. She's famous in
1: New York society, probably. Yeah, but we haven't heard of her in Europe.
0: Yeah, no, she's no Samantha Thavasa.
1: Thavasa, <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, Devora ends up trying on all these things. She tries on this $25,000 corset and this $12,000 skirt, which just completely washes her out. Devora has like a beautiful figure, beautiful coloring. She's Venezuelan and I mean, this horrible fake blonde hair, but that's besides the point. But she puts on this like pale pink or champagne colored corset skirt thing and it just washes her out, and everybody is like, oh, my God." Oh my god, like a gaggle of gay guys being like, you look sublime. Oh my god.
1: Like a ghost. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah,
0: And whatever. She's really excited. And this did give me such Alex McCord vibes when she wore that feed corset. (laughs) (laughs) And they were like, We're by. I don't even I think I think she actually borrowed the feed corset. I don't think she owned it. Actually, or maybe Simon bought it for her he was like it's $25,000 <laughs> send your kids to college with that money please <laughs> stop buying shit like that so at this someone one of her friends asked her is Tinsley coming to the event and she's like yeah she is I built Tinsley I styled her hair like I totally gave her a new look
1: so Deborah Denise is too blame for the curls then I mean, he made
0: the tinsley curl a thing
1: according to Deborah denise herself
0: <laughs> but i also
1: like how she also said like um when she was on the way on her way to i want to call her chuck norris maggie norris <laughs>
0: chuck norris's <laughs> wife maggie <laughs> <laughs> right
1: and her voiceover she was like only like a few selected people get to shut down the showroom it's like hmm. Well, this is a tiny, tiny apartment showroom. <laughs> this is not a showroom showroom. And more or less, yeah, you must be a superstar to shut down a showroom.
0: Also, you know, it's Maggie Norris. It's not as if she has, like, a storefront on Madison Avenue and she shuts the store exactly. down, which we'll eventually see. Also, you're on a television show, Maggie Norris has gotten so much press from this here show 10 years after the fact so like I think Maggie's probably like you know what I can give Devorah 45 minutes of a quote-unquote shut down showroom and I think it'll be fine like like I've worked at so many different fashion places and I were at Stella McCartney we'd have like one dirtbag influencer come in and everyone would be like shut the showroom down and the girl would come in for like 45 minutes try on two things and just leave and it's like all right the showroom was shut down and we are back open <laughs> but-
1: <laughs> and we helped to build maggie norris <laughs>
0: yeah we are single-handedly <laughs> responsible for maggie norris's international success <laughs> you're welcome maggie So from there we go to Dale, (laughs) the genealogist, which this is another anti-Germany section of the (laughs) podcast. Any other German (laughs) listeners, I'm sorry in advance for the aggressive xenophobia from Dale. So she is bringing in the book. It reminds me of when Danielle brought out Cop Without a Badge at the dinner. (laughs) She was like, let's talk about the book. (laughs) So she's holding up the book and the book is fully blurred. So you can't even find out what book it was. Maybe I'm... it
1: is cop without a badge <laughs> because that's why they blurred it out because yep. they didn't get any other book and that book is was back then the prop.
0: <laughs> that is like the biggest prop, one of the biggest props in Bravo history, and I think I'm gonna buy it. Actually, it's like twenty five dollars on Amazon, so it's one of those things where I'm like, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta figure out if you really need that, Megan. But I think eventually I want to do that. It
1: at the public library?
0: I I don't know if it'll be at the public library I should actually call my local library Do you guys have cop for that a badge? Starring Beverly (laughs) So she goes to this genealogist And basically saying You know what kind of family Is Casimir from I know a lot of royal families during that time Were Nazis and, And she just goes to him She was like is my daughter dating someone From a Nazi background Again, Dale, not all Germans were Nazis—a crazy concept. I, you might not have realized or learned in school, but
1: I mean, it, it is a fair question it, somehow. But yeah, not every German was a Nazi.
0: And the genealogist ends up confirming that Casimir's granduncle Heinrich was never. Yeah, how do you say it?
1: Heinrich
0: Heinrich <laughs> I just sound like I have like something stuck in my throat <laughs> It took me like three months to say your name correctly At One night we were like out and we had like 12 glasses of wine You were like, I hate to say it, but you've been saying my name wrong the whole time I'm like, oh, okay <laughs> Thanks for telling me a little late, but I'll take it <laughs> So thank God, not a Nazi, he confirmed to Dale that he's, you're able to fight for your country during that time and not be a Nazi. Wipe the sweat off my forehead. I was so nervous. The show is going to take a Nazi turn. We didn't not expect that. (laughs) Also, it's funny because at this point, Dale, like, I mean, of course, like, you don't always know if, production is actually happening in chronological order but it's like Dale after you um, chased him out of an event I don't think you need to worry about him and Tins still being boyfriend and girlfriend like you ruined that Nazi or not Nazi like, you don't even need to confirm at that point because they are done so
1: but I'm also like of course uh... She's happy that he isn't a Nazi, but also she's really surprised that he isn't a Nazi, or like from a Nazi family. But then he, she also is like, he has no crown, no jewels, no land. It's like, so she still is worried about him and is actually implying that he is not a real prince. And was like, no, you fucking idiot. Everyone, like in European royalty, you don't have to be a king to so your kids are prince and princesses. Every, I don't know what, lord, lady, whatever, all the kids over here are called prince. They all have the title prince. So it's not like his parents have to be king and queen. And it's like, Dale, you should know that. You're an old woman from old money and pretend like you have really good education. (laughs) So you shouldn't be surprised how or not know how royalty works in Europe.
0: I mean, I definitely didn't know that. (laughs) But I'm not pretending I have a good education.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And you're not from a rich Southern family.
0: No, not yet. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe eventually. From the genealogist, we go to Paul shopping for pulls for Tinsley for the event. He goes to Jill Stewart, and that's where he's talking with the stylist being like, um, yeah, like, I'm dressing Tinsley Mortimer. She's like, everybody knows Tinsley. And he calls her a biatch because I guess she was, like, maybe passive-aggressive with him about dressing other people and whatever. So then he goes down to, like, a bunch of different other places – La Force and Steven, Vanakaba, Ellie Saab. And he, whatever, is picking out clothes for her. And then he goes to Shanghai Tang, which, again, another designer, probably wildly overpriced. And he finds a jacket with monkey hair, (laughs) a black jacket with monkey hair. And he looks at it and he's like, now this is perfect for Dinsley. And, like, is fully... Serious, a a non ironic monkey hair jacket is what he pulls for Tinsley, who basically dresses like a wedding cake everywhere she goes, or (laughs) like a third grader at their birthday party. And he's pretty confident about this. He has three hours to go to her apartment with these pulls. So he ends up going to the apartment with the monkey hair jacket that Moira Rose from Schitt's Creek would be wearing. And like, (laughs) I actually think she probably has worn something like that. So I'm going to try to find a side by side. It's frustrating because Google Images doesn't really give me all the images that I need from this show. So I think I'm actually going to have to physically go back through YouTube and take screenshots myself because (laughs) as Anna was working to pull social things, I was finding so so few images that I was like, oh, I guess, yeah, this was like 2010 before like picture of everything I could ever want to find from a Bravo show is just readily available for me. I'll do it, you guys. So he goes to her apartment with three hours left before the show. She looks absolutely shocked and is basically like, this fur looks actually like human hair and I won't wear it. I ends up calling someone else and that person is like, Brr, like comes over, like has like a perfect like big little pink dress and she's very happy. Paul is fuming. He's like walking around like his nose flaring up as if like he can't understand how she – wouldn't want a monkey fur coat and a black gown when she literally only asked for color. Like, that was the only thing she asked for.
1: Yeah, she wanted long in color and he brought her gray and black. And then also, like, he doesn't even know what a stylist is supposed to know. Like, (laughs) at one of the shops, they're like, what's her waist size? And he's like, I don't know. Like, (laughs) well, you should know if you are a stylist and then of course I mean the guy the other stylist who comes over who's on speed dial obviously the dress was a Marquesa dress (laughs) yet again yet again (laughs) so clearly she's been a back then a spokesmodel for Marquesa and of course it was all all planned I mean by production that he pretends to be a stylist and then that the real stylist comes because with three hours to go (laughs) You don't suddenly, like, bring a new dress and jewelry and everything unplanned. You're like, oh, yeah, <laughs> I have this all lying around
0: yeah. at my
1: home because I'm such a big, because I'm Rachel Zoe, you know? Yeah.
0: Oh, my God. Do you remember, like, Rachel Zoe's closet with all of the shoes on the floor? I just I remember know. being like, please give me that closet. Oh, even I though- love
1: that show.
0: Oh, I love that show, too. I should do, like, a, a, a personal rewatch, not even for the podcast. Just, like, watch it for fun. But I, season one was so good with Taylor and Brad. They were so bitchy. Yeah, I'm going to write that one down. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. it in my fucking journal of shit maybe i'll attempt to recap one day i need more time anyway so she's happy she's got the dress and i will say people don't respect broadway the opera ballets any sort of theater in new york anymore i went to a broadway play when broadway existed in new york and i remember seeing a gaggle of white women wearing ugg boots These fucking performers work their entire (laughs) lives to put on an amazing show. Put on some flats. You don't even have to wear heels. Put on some nice flats, a decent pair of pants. Maybe don't even, like, you can even wear potentially jeans if you're wearing a decent shoe and a nice top. But do not wear Ugg boots to the theater. I just find it to be so offensive. Like, we as a society have gone so... (laughs) It's just so fucking lazy. Even planes, like the last time I flew, I just saw all these people like wearing full onesies. It's like you're wearing a unicorn onesie, not only in public, but on a flight. Get a grip. Get a grip. Have some fucking self respect.
1: Well, nowadays it just put on a hazard suit.
0: <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> just to stay safe. Like <laughs> <I'm> Naomi Campbell. <laughs> so. From there, we end up going to a scene with Jules and Cleo. They are going to a bar and they're in the elevator and the elevator attendant is like this nice guy from Senegal. They're like, "Um, are there any hot guys up there? And he's like, yes, a lot of hot guys. (laughs) He's like, "Uh, what the fuck? They go to Hudson Terrace, which is really funny because that was a place I would go to my freshman year of college. Like, it's like a rite of passage. I don't think it's open anymore. But it was like this disgusting, grungy nightclub. And I met a guy named Ari, who was like in one of my business classes. He's like, I'm a promoter. Do you and your friends wanna go to Hudson Terrace? It's like, of course. (laughs) We'd love to. (laughs) And like, before we'd go in, he'd like pass out fake IDs to all of us. And one time he gave me a fake ID of an Asian girl named Grace Cho. And I got into a club (laughs) in Manhattan with it.
1: (laughs) Okay, Grace
0: shout out to grace cho my soul sister (laughs) looked nothing alike truly nothing like i'm like this kind of works she's like 30 pounds lighter than me too i'm like "Mm, i put on some pounds freshman 30 (laughs) so jules and cleo are sitting at this table these cute guys come over and they're like Flirting with them, you see a like a a testimony of Jules being like, I really like guys who are like well traveled and really smart and whatever. And one of the guys sits down and he's like, Oh, I'm Remy. And she goes, Oh, are you French? And he's like, No, I'm German. And then Jules puts (laughs) her like two fingers above her, below her nose to do like a Hitler mustache, does like the Heil Hitler fucking hand gesture, and then just starts speaking. I mean, you tell me, was it gibberish German? <laughs> like, what was that?
1: Nobody knows. Of course it was gibberish. Oh. <laughs> you pretend to speak German. It's the same. <laughs> yeah.
0: Whatever I would say is what she was saying. And right. so the guys look completely stunned. They're like, the fuck? What are you doing? And Cleo <laughs> looks at her and she goes, oh my God, what are you doing? And Jules goes to her like looking incredulously like, it's Hitler. It's a Hitler impression. Yeah, Jules, we know. We know it's a Hitler impression. We're not asking (laughs) who you're doing. We're asking why are you doing it? (laughs) (laughs) Cleo then is like apologizing to the guys, obviously. (laughs) And I don't think they went home with them.
1: (laughs) Oh, God, yeah. Again, German bashing on their show. (laughs)
0: Yeah, and this actually might be the last of the German bashing, I believe. It was in my research. I believe this is the last of it. So yeah, this isn't a good scene. Cleo ends up like going up to her and he's like, "You're a mean girl." And Jules is like, "Um, if I'm a mean girl, then what are you?" And Cleo's like, "Well, not you. Like, I might be mean sometimes, but at least I'm not homophobic, racist, anti-Semitic. I don't know. The list kind of goes on, but help." stop it there just in case she's listening to this hey Jules in Madrid unblock <laughs> me come on Jules <laughs> we can be friends <laughs> went to school with a lot of fucking assholes like you um who are equally as plastic surgeried up and trying to forget who they really are oh, God, I gotta love rich assholes so from there we go to <laughs> Paul at a wine bar by himself He calls his mom to talk about his new press and is telling her about the wall sconces. He was like, we all were breaking them. And it's like, no, honey, this isn't a we thing. This is a you thing. (laughs) (laughs) He begs his mom for more money. She gives him a check for two grand and he pays it. And he doesn't feel bad about it. No remorse. Not surprising. And you know what? You create a monster when you allow your kid to just have zero responsibility. Like your kid will never be like a respectful human being when you keep bailing them out. The mom is like, No, yeah, but it's
1: like, yeah, you create the monster. So yeah, you probably do have to pay for it. I think she's at the point where she's like, yeah, well, it's my fault. So I'm going to pay for it anyways. So other people don't get too too mad at him. I also like how he then says in his confessional voiceover like yeah he did the adult thing by (laughs) paying for what he broke but like yeah you did the adult thing by paying but you asked your mother for the money (laughs) you didn't pay for it your mother did
0: yeah and like he's making it seem like yeah he's so mature and an adult but like, let's look at the problem itself. You literally were ripping down wall sconces. <laughs> like, that in itself is just so childish and unnecessary. Uh, like, who hasn't been drunk? Who hasn't acted a fool? But to go and rip wall sconces in an apartment building, and I don't know what the sconces looked like. Hey, I've seen a bad sconce in my day, but never in a million years would would that ever, like, be a thing to do, just, like, wrecking personal... Property that is not yours. This is so entitled and just delusional to think like, oh, this doesn't matter. I can fuck this up and have zero repercussions. Oh, two thousand dollars to fix it. (laughs) Whatever. We all did it. It was all of our problem. I just don't think so. I don't think Cleo would do that in her own apartment. (laughs)
1: Clear is really little anyways. <laughs> she wouldn't even reach. Yeah.
0: So from and there yeah, we... I think I oh. might
1: have broken a glass once or twice when I was drunk, and, but that's not even on purpose.
0: Yeah, I mean, I will say one time I was really drunk years ago and... It was, like, after Halloween, and I saw a pumpkin on someone's, like, step, and I smashed it. <laughs> but I, like, literally had, like, remorse dreams about it. Like, I felt like a fucking asshole. I was like, well, why did I need to do that? It was a moment. I was feeling like a dick, but, you know, well, granted, I didn't, like, go back the next day and put $20 in cash in their mailbox saying, I'm sorry, so maybe I'm just as bad as
1: Maybe <laughs> you should do it now. Yeah. Do it uh, yeah. adult. adults.
0: Yeah, I have to go back to fucking Portland, Maine And do it <laughs> It was an inner state It was a different state that I was doing it So I was just feeling like Invincible <laughs> No one can find Probably me. a
1: warrant out for you Yeah uh, But you know how it is Bad press is press as well
0: It could be huge for the podcast Pumpkin Smasher <laughs> Megan <laughs> O'Donnell
1: <laughs> Megan Grace Child Calderon Yeah
0: Oh my god, I could totally be in the Johnson and Johnson family, or at least say I am. <laughs> so we go to Devorah getting ready for the opera, and this is one of my favorite things because she's talking about her date, and she's like, "Um, he's the heir, Dominico Vodka, Dominico Vodka, Dominico Vodka, Dominic And like, I've googled Dominico Vodka every way you could spell that. And I can't find a single thing about this quote-unquote designer. (laughs) Dominico Vaca. He's the son of Dominico Vaca. (laughs) Who? Anyone?
1: (laughs) Maybe that's Chuck Norris's (laughs) others.
0: His custom suit maker.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And then also clearly her her date didn't even know where they were going because he wears a day suit. Yeah. It's like I reckon production went down on the street and was like, Hey you where you coming from? I just finished work. Do you have time to go to the opening of the opera? Here's, here's twenty dollars. And you be on TV.
0: He's like, My dad is actually Dominica Vaca. Do you guys do you guys know him? She's like, Dominica Vaca? What? What? <laughs> he's, he's like, and then this was one of my favorite parts on the YouTube version that I was watching. It had a Chiron coming on the bottom saying, High Society airing on a special night on Saturday at 8 30. There is nothing more than a show going straight down the toilet than a Friday or Saturday night airing. At Saturday at 8:30 is when High Society is playing. So like even episode four, they were like, nobody's watching this. And this is one of the worst <laughs> group of people. That have ever been on television this was supposed to be like a gossip girl but it actually has just turned into like the most entitled group of people sitting (laughs) in various hotel rooms (laughs) yelling at people and being atrocious and then plus tinsley and dabney who are just rays of sunshine if you ask me (laughs) so we get to the opera tinsley ended up wearing the pink marquesa dress she said these types of events make me feel really special we see Devorah there and she's talking to Carolina Herrera. She goes up to her. I said, she's my fashion icon because they're both from Venezuela. And then it's funny because you see Devorah like introduce herself to Carolina Herrera <laughs> and then Tinsley comes in and is like, Carolina, hi. And Carolina asks her like about her divorce and what's going on in Tinsley's life. And was saying, you know, when things don't work out, when things don't work out in relationships, it's better to just cut it off. And, you know, it's one of those moments where you're like, oh, wow, like, Tinsley really does know everybody. Carolina Herrera, Carla Lagerfeld a couple of episodes ago, like, she's actually in the know. It's, she's not a Devorah. Uh, and
1: like, yeah, Devorah goes up to Carolina Herrera and is like, oh, hi, yeah, I'm Deborah Denise Trachtenberg, but I'm from <laughs> Venezuela as well. And like, <laughs> yeah, and Carolina is like, oh, yeah, hi, hola nice to meet you <laughs> nice to
0: meet you yeah i think
1: she says something in spanish to her and doesn't care and then yeah, has his full-on pap talk <laughs> yeah. with tinsley and also offers her clothes and jewelry and it's like if you ever need to borrow anything just come by and stuff like oh yeah there's a little <laughs> difference between deborah denise and <laughs> tinsley mortimer
0: yeah, she was like, um, if you want to wear anything, just call Phoebe. It's like, who's Phoebe? Like, Phoebe? Like, the fact that, like, Phoebe doesn't even have a last name and Carolina and Tinsley are having that kind of conversation <laughs> just shows, like, damn, Tinsley, Tinsley's in the now. So then we kind of see Tinsley. It's kind of funny because we're getting, like, uh, above shots of the party. And so you're kind of, like, seeing Tinsley, like, Scurry around, Deborah Denise, and you see them kind of like kind of near each other, and then they end up crossing paths. And Deborah is like, "Hey, Tinsley, it's been a very, very long time." And Tinsley's like, "Yeah." <laughs> and like, and like walks away, and then you see Deborah like basically take out like a brown paper bag from her little purse and like. So she's like, "Oh my God, Tinsley hates me. Tinsley won't even talk to me. She didn't even ask me how I'm doing." (laughs) Girl, Um, she
1: keeps insisting that they were really good friends, and it it really looked like Tinsley didn't even know her.
0: Yeah, Tinsley was like, "Hey, what's up, girl?" Like, who are you? (laughs) It definitely didn't seem like she gave a shit, and especially after like. Devorah has been talking so much smack. Why would Tinsley really give her a minute of her time? Actually, no, this actually was the catalyst to Devorah then talking a ton of crap about her to all the different press outlets. But it was just giving me like scorned ex-girlfriend vibes. Like Deborah, like is unnecessarily upset with Tinsley. And Tinsley's like, again, I was on the cover of your magazine. And, And later in the season, Devorah is like, we went to breakfast together. (laughs) <laughs> we went to breakfast together. It's like, yeah, well, m- lots of girls. I mean, I've been to breakfast with a lot of random girls, just through friends of friends, whatever, business things. I'm not like saying, oh, this random socialite who I have been near is my friend. Like, no, I was contracted to work for her. Devora, you worked for Tinsley when she agreed to be on, sh- on your cover. That's it.
1: Yep. They probably didn't even go to breakfast. They were in the same line of Starbucks at some point.
0: Yeah. Devorah <laughs> that makes a comment being like, oh, well, she's dating some prince, but she's as royal as Burger King. <laughs> Good one.
1: Very rehearsed line.
0: Oh, yeah. Well, that's like Carol Roswell, another royal, <laughs> but like... Towards the end of her testimonials, you could tell she was, like, reading from a script and she had hired, like, a comedy <laughs> writer, like, someone who didn't make it on SNL to, like, make, like, clippy bits about whatever fucking Luann calling her a pedophile. I don't know. Something like that.
1: What about that?
0: <laughs> oh, I can never forget. <laughs> She's a pedophile. It's like... Lou. She's a wave of birds. We now move to episode five called The War Is On. And we start the show off with Tinsley and Dabney having a girls' night out. They said they're both kind of having a rough time. Tinsley because of the divorce and everything she's going through. And Dabney because she has to live with Jules. (laughs) So they shut down La Perla, which I want to tell Deborah Denise, that is called shutting down a showroom. (laughs) The two of them shut down (laughs) La Perla on (laughs) Madison Avenue and are prancing around drinking champagne in like $400 $400 negligées. And I will say like La Perla a couple years ago, I worked at Condé Nast and we like had to get Laperla for something and I remember like being on their website. I'm like, "Oh, $212 for a thong that literally has like enough fabric to just nothing is covered." I don't I don't want to go into details of the anatomical parts of my body, but nothing would be covered for over $200. And so that is shutting down a showroom. That's how you shut down a showroom.
1: In your face, Deborah Denise.
0: In your face. So from there they go back to the Empire Hotel and hang out in Dabney's room in their lingerie. They order room service, grilled cheese and chicken fingers and champagne, which is very bougie. I I like the mix of high and low. (laughs) Chicken fingers, grilled cheese (laughs) with expensive champagne. I
1: wouldn't mind that right now, actually. That sounds like it. super
0: nice to know I know I actually I had yesterday I was like this whole week I've been eating really healthy and then yesterday I was so tired and bored I was like I don't feel like cooking lunch I don't want to do anything so I ordered like a cheeseburger and fries and I was like this is so good Childish. this is making me so happy and then I went for like an hour-long walk after I'm like okay that is not <laughs> that is not what your body needs and didn't it asked for it but it, we did not need this <laughs>
1: But I do have a query. Ooh. Do you sit around in lingerie or underwear with your siblings?
0: Yes. I, 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 my two older brothers love <laughs> hanging out with me when I'm wearing lingerie. <laughs> well, I, I thought it was weird that they both were yet yeah, wearing their, their sexiest, best little outfits. And then on Roni a couple seasons ago, or whatever, where Tinsy's like, yeah, I've like made out with my sister. <laughs> i was like what oh
1: my oh god my i forgot god. about that
0: it made me yeah. want to throw up when i like put two and two together i was like megan don't <laughs> let these thoughts get into your head this is this is dangerous maybe, territory
1: maybe it was that exact night <laughs> maybe that's the night <laughs> they practiced t- kissing on each other
0: oh i like don't have a sister so i don't understand that but like um, or like you don't make
1: out with your brother.
0: I I don't make out with my brothers yet. <laughs> yet we're still young. We're still young. But I remember not in like
1: Arkansas.
0: yeah, <laughs> I'm not Brittany fucking Cartwright. <laughs> <laughs> but I remember like growing up, like watching I don't know, like watching TV or hearing other people talk, and they'd be like, yeah, like at my sleepovers, like me and my friends just like make out, so we like learned how to do it. Like none of my friends asked me to make out when I was in seventh grade. No one was like, Let's kiss and practice on each other. <laughs> like, and I remember feeling like weird. I was like, Am I the freak or are they the freaks? Like, what's <laughs> happening? Like I just don't get it. I'm like, and also like you need to practice kissing. Don't you just like kiss and then do it? And the first kiss you were like, huh? Like that was not that was not what I felt thought kissing felt like. And I wasn't like one of those kids who like kiss their parents on the lips. I find that to be like, a little weird. Like, after you're, like, out of diapers, I feel like there should be no kissing on the lips with the kid and the parent. <laughs> but I'm not a parent, so I don't know. But <laughs> that's besides the point. <laughs> <laughs> We've gotten to an incest hole, Yes. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, the German bashing is over, and now it's the pedophile and incest bashing. <laughs> we have to go to something more American.
0: <laughs> Insects.
1: right let's move on
0: yeah anyways moving on um to one of actually my favorite scenes paul is at peace food cafe by himself and he's reading an article about himself about like fucking up sconces in the wall and like the waitress comes over to like drop off the coffee or something and he's like it's not like rock stars having broken things in hotel rooms. <laughs> and, like, is talking to the waitress about it. Hello? The waitress is like, what are you talking about?
1: Yeah, that's the thing. I was like, ah, he sits down and reads page six to the barista. He's like, yeah. <laughs> the barista doesn't give a fuck. It's like, it's one of the, it looks like one of those paid friends.
0: Yeah, exactly. It was definitely like... She was a Craigslist person where production was like, hey, um, we're going to have to give you a day rate um, and you're going to have to attempt to look at Paul and actually <laughs> have a conversation with him. And she actually did such a great job acting like a disgruntled employee. I think she really nailed the, nailed the gig.
1: <laughs> and, <laughs> and he has the worst laugh. <laughs> I hate his laugh. So much, I can't even do it. But it's like it's so weird. I, oh.
0: yeah, he is just a little shit. Then he was saying that a blog called um no, oh, actually no, that a blog <laughs> post called um no wrote about how Tinsley's dress to the opera looked like a wedding cake, and they said it was more cake than fashion, which I really think is poetic and, and great, a great way to describe her <laughs> he was very happy about that G- groundbreaking journalism on the blog um no
1: <laughs> I mean yeah of course he was happy about it but like imagine if she would have won the monkey cape <laughs> what would they have written then
0: social suicide Tinsley Mortimer <laughs> slaughters monkey for jacket. <laughs> so then we go to Jules at the hotel she is on that couch which is always danger zone when she's sitting on that couch where she's very upset all the time and she's like calling the front desk um can someone please come up here and clean the vomit on the floor and clean all the countertops it's like why is there vomit on the floor you are an adult 27 year old woman and You're not shamefully cleaning up your own vomit. People vomit. It happens. (laughs) But you shamefully clean it up the next day. And that's that. (laughs) She literally says on the phone, I don't understand why you think I should pick, why I should clean it up about her own vomit. Like, it's not like she has a dog or a child. It has to be hers. Yeah.
1: Maybe it was Daphne.
0: Oh yeah, well, you can totally see Dabney throwing up on a carpet. She's got. Yeah, I mean, uh,
1: probably the night before was the lingerie night.
0: Oh, it could have been Tinsley's puke.
1: Chicken fingers and champagne doesn't go
0: well together. Maybe (laughs) doesn't sit right in my stomach. (laughs) The meat ends up coming up, and it's just like so disgusted and creeped out. Then we see Jules going down to the spa demanding that they find space for her to get a manicure the spa is like you know jules we always try to make exceptions for you but today like we're really booked so we won't be able to um accommodate you this time and she's like um whatever i guess i'll just like find a place that's better at doing everything just such an entitled ass
1: yeah you can see by the receptionist saying like we try to accommodate you every time that like if she, if the receptionist reacts like that, then clearly you have done a lot of shit to piss people off at the Empire.
0: I mean, it must be, like, the talk of the hotel. Like, how big of an <laughs> asshole that girl is. Like, everyone on their lunch break is like, what did Jules do to you today? How right. did... <laughs> if you have been personally victimized by Jules Kirby, raise your
1: hand. <laughs> <laughs> And they probably only stayed at that hotel for a week. I mean, it looks like the film was shot within a week. It's only eight episodes, 20 minutes.
0: And she gets customized (laughs) sheets for like her seven-night stay.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So in that short time period, she has done a lot of shit. (laughs)
0: so then we get a scene where paul and tommy are hanging out to quote unquote celebrate his victory against jules kirby so he's taking his victory of paying back for the sconces um, as a victory towards jules because he thinks jules called guest of a guest to tell them about this hot story so he calls to order a bouquet of black roses for her and the guy at the flower shop is like um, is this a joke? And he's like, absolutely not. He said, "Quote: I felt like a million bucks after my page six thing. <laughs> you were shit on in page six. <laughs> this is again not a good look, ball. I just need you to realize that." So uh, he is on the phone with the flowers guys, and he says, "Please write on the card, thanks, bitch. I'm hotter than ever. XXX PJC." <laughs> And then we get the scene of Jules getting a knock, knock, knock on the door and it's the guy downstairs delivering the flowers and she goes, are you fucking kidding? (laughs) When she sees them and he goes, no. (laughs) He gives her the flowers. (laughs) She looks at the card, rips it up and is like, I'm done filming, I'm done filming. Rips off her microphone. And one little thing I really enjoyed was that the people at the flower shop capitalized bitch Paul didn't specify the capitalization of bitch that we saw so I like that they took that as their own artistic way of, of printing this completely disrespectful card
1: it's probably the flower shop at the empire <laughs> so they were like this is our payback
0: yeah. <laughs> fucking bitch I would have thrown a fucking in there just to lay it I on thought, even but, thicker
1: yeah, she rips off her mic and is like, I'm done with filming and all that. And I'm like, why did she get so upset? Found that it's, it, it, she knows the the flowers and the card up from Paul. So why is she so upset or also surprised that it says bitch?
0: Yeah, and the fact that she's like ripping off the microphone and she's so upset about it is shocking considering he's been to like 10 different events screaming at her like you burned your family's house down you faked cancer you know you're an asshole i genuinely tried to throw a glass in your face like and shatter the glass in your face not just like get the the liquid in your face like i'm trying to hurt you actively and she's like but he sent me black roses that's so disrespectful he called me a bitch got me a bitch well also it could potentially be like he's like i'm hotter than ever and so she's like wow like me calling the press on him for a a really like embarrassing discrepancy actually made him feel good about himself so she might have been like damn did my plan actually backfire because this guy is so out of touch (laughs) with reality that he's genuinely (laughs) excited about being in the press for this okay so we see paul and tommy going to an event at the four seasons Devorah's also there he says I saw Devorah with that gross crocodile dundee hair and her big fake tits <laughs> they're talking is obviously telling him my dress is Maggie Norris <laughs> it's Maggie Norris <laughs> and he goes I think she's my friend on Facebook <laughs>
1: I love that
0: I want to see, like, is Maggie Norris still designing? Okay. Maggie Norris, cute to Oh, permanently closed. Damn. Yeah. She's got a 3.7 review for working at her on Indeed.com. Let's see what her employees say. There is no room to grow. I didn't learn that much about the industry. There were so many interns working in a small office, and sometimes there would be five interns doing office while the other interns would be sitting. Yeah, that sounded like me working at Selma McCartney. There was like literally 25 interns during one like, college semester. And it's like, oh, 25 interns would actually equal three full-time positions. And rather than paying three full-time positions, they're like, let's just have these little slaves running all around that's Manhattan. P-
1: that's um, when Sonia Morgan got the idea from having <laughs> <an> interns. <stem. laughs>
0: then. And it's crazy because after working there, I got all of these emails on LinkedIn of people being like, oh, I'm actually starting like a class action lawsuit against this company and this company and this company because of unpaid internships. Because they were like just horrific. And I was like, I'm not gonna do it because I actually quit that internship with one of the rudest emails I've ever sent. I was like, This is an embarrassing company. Stella McCartney, you could suck my dick. Yeah, you make some really nice stuff, but like your management style, horrible. I had to make the director of communications his oatmeal every morning. Like that was one of my jobs. I'm like, oh so I'm putting hot water in oats. I don't need this. I don't need this. I, I I can't do it. Fashion is so stupid. Don't get into it, kids. So <laughs> um, we then see Devorah talking to a guy named Mike who works at New York Magazine, which I'm very proud to say is my employer. And <laughs> Devora is telling them how rude Tinsley was to her because she is no longer my friend. And I'm on a mission to let people know she's no longer a Park Avenue princess. She lives in Chelsea. <laughs>
1: Yeah, all other things like those reporters, again, that were, like, from Central Casting. I mean, as if anyone would go, I, Deborah Denise, how are things with Tinsley? Like, no, those people were paid by production to ask you how, how things are.
0: Yeah, they were most definitely plants. Anybody who's actively listening to this woman shit on Tinsley for no reason... Is, is a plant, even though New York Magazine in like, their gossip column section that they used to have would talk a lot about these people, and you can find a lot of the old episodes, um, all the old articles on New York Magazine's website now, but still, Deborah, Denise, nobody is, like, running up to you with a microphone being like, can we have a statement on your fight with Denny, please? <laughs> no, I don't think that's the journalism that they're trying to report on she basically says she's dating a prince but where is her crown we are no longer speaking and the war is
1: on
0: yeah right tinsley's like doing her nails somewhere like has no idea <laughs> that there's a war brewing at, a, at the four seasons event <laughs> so from there we go to one of my favorite scenes you know I love when Jules gets taken down a notch Jules is (laughs) back at the hotel the Empire Hotel and she I guess has called downstairs and a guy comes up and she's like um excuse me you need to fix this toxic smell in my bathroom it's like no honey that's probably you throwing up in miscellaneous places and forgetting you
1: probably just have to flush the toilet
0: yeah (laughs) yeah that's that's all it takes (laughs) oh my god and then so from there the hotel manager Mark Houston he got the full full name Chiron Mark I hope you're in therapy after this scene he he basically is like um ma'am um there has been some instances um during your stay here And and like he doesn't even get the sentence out, and she knows like exactly what's gonna happen, and she's like, "Don't do this on camera, please, don't do this on camera." So then she like goes up to the camera guy, met like messes with his camera, looks at him and goes, "Are you, are you retarded?" Not saying that as like me saying that, Jules is saying it. and they bleep that out, thank God. And <laughs> at least they have the decency. To, I mean, they bleeped out the the gibberish German when she was talking as Hitler too. Wow, thanks. Didn't bleep out the part where she's like, "I'm black people. Who even cares? I should be able to say the N word. Whatever, <laughs> doesn't matter. They don't care." So he, she's being asked to leave the hotel. I'm like cringing for her. Like my body is just like. Sh- curling up I'm so uncomfortable he's basically like you need to get out of here and at the point at this point she's sitting on the couch playing video games which like Jules like for whatever reason that doesn't track for me like I couldn't imagine her being a gamer but I guess there's a lot about Jules we don't know (laughs) um um, she definitely didn't want this part film she was asked to leave the hotel because someone supposedly got into a fight in the outside of the hotel and they think it was her she's obviously saying she didn't do it And she actually begins to blame Dabney for this fight that got her thrown out of the hotel, which is hilarious because she's been consistently horrific her entire stay. And so the fact that she's like, well, this one fight that maybe Dabney got into actually is the reason I'm getting kicked out. That's crazy. Dabney did it. Like, you can't take responsibility for any of your behavior. (laughs) She's such an asshole. So, yeah. So, she runs into a cab and Dabney basically says, like, I need to separate myself from her, which is probably for the best. And I think at every employee orientation at the Empire Hotel now, (laughs) they have, like, a big photo of Jules Kirby. And they're like, if you see this woman, this is her old face. This is her new face. It's
1: her new face.
0: Gem Touchdown. If you see Gem Touchdown here, run run call the cops <laughs> immediately there's no time for this girl to be hanging out here there's no just no business in this hotel
1: yeah it was a beautiful scene how she got escorted out and like in her cracked pants and sweatshirt <laughs> and like just having her phone and cigarettes in the hand not even oh, she luggage
0: <laughs> she didn't even and take I her guess. custom pillows no, exactly And she's like, are you telling me I'm going to have to take these pillowcases Off a pillow? I don't even know how to do that That's crazy I'm American I don't do, I don't touch pillows <laughs> <laughs> Now we see Tommy and Paul Out and about on the town Tommy's like, I don't remember the last time I had butterflies for anyone <gasps>
1: Good acting, good acting,
0: Tommy Five out of five stars Wow God. So they're talking about how they were dating and like Paul is like, yeah, people have been like asking if I've been in page sex. I was. Not for good things. It was really cool. It was really great. I love being in the press. So they're at this bar, I guess, Tommy starts getting a little butthurt hurt that Paul like keeps inviting all these people around them, and and Paul is making it seem like he's like Leonardo DiCaprio at this nightclub, like everybody wants to hang out with him. Paul won't even listen to Tommy. Tommy's like, "Can we go?" And then, this is where like Tommy's acting went from C plus to A plus <laughs> acting. He gets like really upset and he starts crying, and like the two of them go outside, and Paul's like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa! Like I didn't even like." rehearsed this with you before like what are you doing (laughs) and Tommy's like "Good night." As you honestly (laughs) he's he's crying am I are you using me as arm candy am I just arm candy for you at fashion events (laughs) and Paul is like wait what like um what are you talking about I don't get it I don't get it (laughs) like he goes, I'm Paul Johnson Calderon. You think I'm using you? You're maybe using me. Where is there to climb when you're already at the top? I'm Paul Johnson Calderon.
1: <laughs> it was such a cringe scene. And both of them are completely wasted. Oh. D- like, wasted. drunker than drunk. I'm like, God, of course he's using you as an eye candy, And of course you're using him for his money. Like, <laughs> a match made in heaven
0: right it sounds like it's exactly what the two of you want even though i do still think tommy has midwestern vibes even though he is from new jersey (laughs) but (laughs) paul was like i've never seen someone cry my brain i cannot compute
1: tears you should know that you are used when you were actually cast to play the arm candy.
0: Yeah, I I think he probably had to agree to have like two scenes where he's crying. Cause I believe he cries in the park later in episode yeah. eight. He has two cries. I mean he made his paycheck during the Bloomingdales outing with his mom. I thought he oh, really <laughs> really earned his earned his keep. <laughs> so from there we see Tinsley getting off a train. Oops uh in newport rhode island where we see dale's summer residence so chic like doesn't even go to the hamptons bypasses the hamptons just goes to newport they arrive in newport it's really beautiful newport's like full of old beautiful mansions and they go to this place called the marble house and it's just like this gorgeous home they're touring the back halls And Dale always will find a way to remind Tinsley about her (laughs) failed divorce and her failures. There's a portrait of a woman named Alva Vanderbilt, who I guess was like a big socialite, back in the day and this was her old house and i guess um she went through like a really gnarly divorce and everybody in the society knew her um for this divorce and her husband like destroyed most of her portraits but there was one in this house and dale is like telling her this story and so is like the tour guide like the tour guide was prepped by dale to like squash Tinsley's oh, day like to ruin her day
1: absolutely
0: <laughs> He was like, You might be interested in Alva's history considering your similarities. It's like, Let Tinsley live. <laughs> She's just as unhappy, <laughs> please. <laughs> but again, Dale is like, ear to ear grin, so happy. She's like, Did you hear that? Society ruined Alva. She never came back. That's gonna be you.
1: Poor Tinsley. Ten years later, yeah, Tinsley had to go on the Real Housewives.
0: <laughs> right, but now she's the coupon queen. So you know what? Maybe one she finally she- got her
1: crown. <laughs> yeah,
0: <laughs> I do feel like Tinsley probably has like seven to eight diamond tiaras. Like, 100%. thrown about in her house. Like, she doesn't even care about them. She's like, this tiara was for my coming out party. This one was my cotillion. This one was when I was 21. This one was for my first marriage. <laughs> like, you don't even... Oh, God. And they're
1: right. all made by Garrow Sparrow.
0: Oh, yes. <laughs> or actually, wait. So this is some good tea that I find from the next scene. So we have Davor going, getting ready to go to some gala. And she goes to this jewelry designer, Jeffrey Rack, over a showroom. She's basically trying on all this jewelry. And it's like $2 million worth of jewelry. And he's like, you know, Devora, with all of this jewels, you're going to have to have a security guard with you. And she's like, <laughs> what? <laughs> I am so famous and rich and high society. Like thinks she's so cool. But as I was googling Jeff Rackover, because I, I ended up googling Jeff Rackover because I grew up with a girl whose last name was Rackover, and she was really loaded. And I was like, oh, I wonder if she's his. Her, he is her father. Um, he's
1: the heiress to Jeff <laughs> Jeff Rackover.
0: He's basically the new Dominica Vaca. Dominica Ivaca. <laughs> he's the heir to Dominica. Oh, yeah. so this jeff rackover guy has some tea so back in 2016 jeff had a quote-unquote fling with this guy named james and this is so weird so him and james were like hooking up james is like 26 jeff is like in his 50s jeff called this kid his son quote-unquote and james ended up like changing his last name to be rackover I don't know what that was. They had sex with each other. Everybody called him his son. I don't know. Very questionable. <laughs> so James, who was twenty six at the time, ended up like having friends come over. So James and Jeffrey lived in the same apartment complex. James was on the fourth floor. Jeffrey was on the thirty second. James once had like a bunch of friends over like after a night of partying and ended up bludgeoning a guy named Joseph Kamunal, who was like also like a rich, rich trust fund kid. And he killed him. And then Jeff, like, cleaned up the dead body with him. And then the two of them drove a car to New Jersey, tried to light the dead body on fire, and buried him in a shallow ditch.
1: (laughs) Oh my God. I didn't know that. It took a turn always taking a really weird turn (laughs) six years later yeah
0: (laughs) yeah um yeah so that's jeff rackover and then obviously page six gotta love him was saying that he had a lot of a-list clients oprah winfrey diana ross president trump oh (laughs) former president trump so not surprising that Trump and Jeffrey, another Jeffrey that Donald Trump is friends with, who's a disgraceful piece of shit. Oh God, I love this
1: country. But then also like that whole yeah, you know, whatever gala or event Deborah Denise goes to is janky. It's yeah. the weirdest event ever. It's like it looks like it's held in a hallway. Yeah. Just roped off <laughs> from, like, the elevators, <laughs> And her date is in a sweater and a cap. <laughs> and she's, like, wearing jewelry for $2 million. Like, this is the weirdest event ever.
0: She has a security guard uh, Of course, again, her. she speaks
1: to, like, the, the reporters and everything and talks to play. I think, like, yet again, this is not a real event because we only get the real events and charity galas with Pinsley. This one is set up by production so their Rodney's can go somewhere.
0: (laughs) It reminded me of from the Real Housewives of D.C., that Republican healthcare event, (laughs) where it was like in that fluorescently lit ballroom of a hotel where you're like, oh my God, they started preparing for this event three hours ago. Like, is that a solo cup in the background? (laughs) (laughs)
1: Exactly. (laughs)
0: So... So yeah, Deborah Denise Trachtenberg is at this event. She's talking to the New York magazine, reporters, and she's like, by the way, I'm wearing two million dollars worth of jewelry, and that guy over there is my security guard As if like anybody gives a shit. Clearly, she didn't see how to lose a guy in ten days. That was a huge um plot line in the story where he, she like went to the party, was wearing the jewelry, and then left and I digress I digress I'm a great rom-com I watched it a couple weeks ago <laughs> oh, oh, oh. but she ends up like talking to these two reporters and they were like actually I don't even know if these were reporters I think these were just like again paid extras and they were like wait Devora, we saw you like in the magazine and it was crazy and then they were like I just pulled it up on my phone <laughs> and he's, like, the guy starts like reading out the magazine to her and she's like yeah I did say that about Dinsley. Yeah. then she, she says, she should be scared of me because I'll do anything to take her down. <laughs> do you oh. think you're going to take Dinsley down?
1: Right. Oh my God. Mm. It's like the dumbest storyline ever. <laughs> it's just, yeah, I mean, everyone around Deborah Denise is a cast that quote unquote reporter.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Because I was trying to find one of the reporters, um, Mike V from New York Magazine, and I wasn't able to find him. And I'm like, didn't cover your tracks, Deborah. He couldn't <laughs> lock out one in. Hmm, Questionable. <laughs> we finish up episode five with Tinsley talking with her mom. In Newport. And it's funny because the two of them are having this conversation outside, and you just like pan to the background of them. And it's just like 30 mansions, (laughs) like homes that look like the size of the White House, like big ass homes. And she's basically telling Dale, you know, like I feel really insecure and lonely because of her divorce and how people have been treating her. And she's saying, like, you know, I know the topper isn't right for me, and feels really upset that Dale is constantly taking his side. And then Dale kind of tries to say, well, I was trying to save you. I was trying to save you. You know, you've been on and off with this German prince while your husband has been upset and hurting. And Tinsley basically was saying, like, you know, he wasn't able to be a good man for her for two, for two weeks, which implies that he cheated on her after two weeks of being married.
1: Exactly. That's <sighs> what I thought as well. Was, like, yeah. We must have cheated on her right from the beginning.
0: It was horrible, and like it's not fair that you know Tinsley needs to feel this pressure from her mother, especially when like the mom is clearly taking his side. And we even see it like on Ronnie 10 years later, where she's like so impressed by his new wife's fashion line. I can't remember what her name is. What's her name, Mortimer? <laughs> yeah, no, she's oh, what the hell's her name? I have like their New York Times wedding, oh, Tabitha Simmons not related to Dandra, and so yeah they're kind of having that little conversation and dale basically says you know she's really sorry she loves her and she'll take her she'll take her feelings into account and hopefully will let up a little bit and let tinsley um just deal with her divorce <laughs> like as like a supportive mom not as like, like the truly like one of the worst people ever like I mean I swear like if my mom was at an event the dinner where everyone was like holding up hot gu- pic- pictures of hot guys for Tinsley to potentially date and she <laughs> held up a picture of me and my ex-husband at our wedding <laughs> like I don't think I don't think um I could really move past that but no. she was nice she apologizes and hopefully they are good. We see Tinsley. We see Dale sticking up for Tinsley a lot in later episodes, which is, which is really good. But that brings us to the end of episode five. Thanks so much for catching up with me, Megan O'Donnell, on this episode of Bravo Happy Hour. Until next time, be sure to follow Bravo Happy Hour on all social media platforms and feel free to shoot me an email at bravohappyhourpod at gmail.com with any hot juicy gossip or just to say what's up. Stay tuned on Tuesdays and Fridays for more episodes of Bravo Happy Hour. And if you're loving the show, head on over to Apple Podcasts and give me some love in the form of a five-star review. Thanks for listening and have a great rest of your day.